0: بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاه والسلام على سيد الانبياء والمرسلين وعلى اله وصحبه اجمعين اللهم صل على سيدنا ومولانا محمد وعلى اله سيدنا ومولانا محمد وبارك وسلم اما بعد السلام عليكم ورحمه الله وبركاته Alhamdulillah, we have many things to be thankful for. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has created us, granted us our faculties of speech, sight, hearing, ability to think, has granted us upon that, Iman, belief in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and His Rasul, granted us Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, which is the greatest ni'mah, as Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, لَقَدْ مَنَّ اللَّهُ عَلَى الْمُؤْمِنِينَ إِذْ بَعَثَ فِيهِمُ رَسُولًا مِنَ أَنفُسِهِمْ Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has blessed the believers, by sending Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa to us So Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa is a ni'mah to us And upon that as well Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has revealed the Qur'an Guidance upon guidance So we have many things as believers to be thankful for To Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala And as we know the more things that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives us The more benefits, the more gifts that we have The greater our responsibility becomes the Ummah of Rasulullah wasallam is different than any other Ummah in the past. This Ummah that we find ourselves in, that we have been blessed to be a part of, is different than any other Ummah. And this is because this is the last Ummah, the last nation to come. There will be no other Nabi, no other Messenger, no other Prophet until Qiyamah. Rasulullah wasallam is the last Prophet. In the past, in the time of Banu Israel, and even before them, a Nabi used to be sent very frequently, a prophet, a messenger, it would be sent very frequently. And when one would pass away, another would be sent, and at times more than one. We see Musa alayhi salam, his brother Harun alayhi salam, both were Anbiya at the same time. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala would send the Anbiya wasalam, very frequently in previous times. However now, in our times, since we don't have any more anbiya wassalam, there's none to come. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa finished the, the prophethood that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala had set up from the time of Adam alayhi salatu wasallam. In one hadith, Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa says that my example in comparison with all of the previous anbiya and their missions and my mission is like a very beautiful palace, very large and beautiful palace. And it is almost complete, more than 99% complete. And people come and they stare at this palace and they're awed and they, they, feel, they feel amazed when they look at this beautiful structure. However, there is a, a missing brick in that structure. This palace, it's extremely beautiful, almost perfect, but one small hole, one missing brick. And Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, tells us that I am that brick. I have come. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has placed me in that small hole, and now that palace is complete. The message of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is complete. So the previous nations, and uh, Banu Israel, all of them before as well, any time a new portion of the message was to be revealed, or a specific Nabi passed away, a new one would come. But as we know, there are no more Anbiya alayhi wassalatu wassalam, to come. So what do we do when new issues arise? When we require a rejuvenation in our iman? When we require to get closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? When, when people as a whole are starting to sway away from deen? What do we do when we have no other Anbiya coming? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has specially favored this Ummah in that each one of us takes the place of the Anbiya in no way can we be equal to a Nabi. We are filled with sin, we are filled with mistakes, we are filled with ignorance. But the, the mission of the Anbiya Ali salatu was salaam, in that they call people towards Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, they reignite the relationship between the creation of Allah to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, that will no longer be done by any Nabi. Because there is none to come. Now that responsibility has fallen upon the Ummah of Rasulullah wasallam. This is how we are special. We may, we may find this task daunting. And it is. It is a very daunting task. To, to be able to take the work of the Anbiya alayhi wassalam, And do the work of the Anbiya it is nothing small. The Anbiya were spiritually fortified, physically fortified, mentally fortified, aided divinely by Allah subhanahu wa taala, And we have none of those traits but Allah Subhanahu wa Ta'ala told us in Surah Al Imran kuntum khayra ummatin ukhrijat lin-nas ta'muruna bil ma'ruf wa tanhawna 'anil munkar wa tu'minuna billah you are a nation talking about the nation of Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wa sallam you have been brought out you have been created you have been chosen so that you may call people towards goodness, and so that you may prevent evil, and so that you may believe in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us, this is the mission of the Anbiya wa wa But Allah is talking about that and directing that conversation to us, that we as individuals have to take upon ourselves this task. Also Rasulullah sallallahu sallam, we know that he was commanded to do this as was were all of the previous Anbiya alayhi In Surat Al-A'raf, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala directly tells Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, Khudil afu wa'mur bil urf This was the command to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam to call people in the best manner. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells him, Adhere to forgiveness. Make forgiveness the way of your life bil And command people towards goodness. Forgive them, they are going to be ignorant, they are going to be people who uh, you know, show animosity towards you and your mission. Forgive them already. This is the first thing Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells them, forgive already. Then command them towards good, and ignore those who behave towards you in, an, in a very negative way. This is the same sentiment that we as Muslims have to have. When we call people towards Islam, we can't, uh, you know, put ourselves on a pedestal and feel self-righteous. What we have to do is lower ourselves. And we have to make an intention that I'm doing this for the sake of Allah, because this is my mission as a Muslim, as a, uh, you know, part of the ummah of Rasulullah And In one ayah in Surah Tawbah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us of a group of ansar, when Nabi Sallallahu wa was in Medina, most of the battles took place then. All of the battles took place when Rasulullah Sallallahu wa was uh, in Medina after the hijrah. Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala says, do not take all of the Sahaba out to fight. So Nabi Sallallahu wa would have these campaigns. A group would have to stay behind. Sometimes Nabi Sallallahu wa wouldn't go in the battle either. But a group would have to stay behind so that they can learn the deen of Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala. So that those who do go out, when they return, this group may teach them what they missed out. Because this was a time of wahi being revealed. The Qur'an was not yet completed, it was being revealed slowly. So a group would stay behind, they would learn what is happening, what new revelation would come. And when the the contingent that went out, when they would return, they would teach them. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَمَا كَانَ الْمُؤْمِنُونَ لِيَنْفِرُوا كَافَةً it should not be so that all of the believers go out. And I'll explain how we can use this ayah in today's time. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, فَلَوْ لَا نَفَرَ مِن كُلِّ فِرْقَةٍ مِنْ هُمْ طَائِفَ يَتَفَقَّهُ فِي الدِّينِ وَلْيُنْذِرُوا قَوْمَهُمْ إِذَا رَجَعُوا إِلَيْهِمْ لَعَلَّهُمْ يَحْذَرُونَ There should be a group amongst everyone, every, every tribe, every group that stays behind they learn the deen of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. They, they spend extra energy and time learning this deen. So that when those who are busy going out in, in the battles with Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa when they come back, these people can teach them the principles of deen itself. Now in today's time, it's not possible that everyone can be an expert in, in Islam. We have to do what we have, what what, what is related to us. In the time of Umar radiyallahu anhu, when he was the Khalifa, if anyone wanted to do any kind of business transaction, they wanted to engage in business, they had to learn those aspects which are related to them from Fiqh. They had to learn business, Islamic business and Islamic trade before becoming a businessman. That was basically their, you know, application for a license, business license. They had to learn the Islamic rulings. In today's time. Many of us jump into business, we have no idea what is halal, what is haram, what is riba, what is interest, all of these aspects. And this is why we need a certain group of people to understand these aspects. And we need to go back to them, we need to consult them. and We need to understand what is halal and what is haram. So in our age, every one of us is engaged in different aspects. We should support those people who stay behind, who do not go into the dunya because they are learning the deen of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And of course, we should consult them in times of need. Rasulullah Rasulullah's mission and the essence of, of what he represented was all in spreading the message. There's so much of the Quran that talks about spreading the message of Islam. And Nabi, sallallahu sallam, one hadith, talks about this relationship, about him and us. So he says, My example, Rasulullah sallallahu wa says, Is like a man who has lit a huge fire. He's lit a huge fire. When the fire became large, Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam says that the moths, normally moths and small insects, they, they get attracted to fire. When this person lit this fire, all of these insects start coming. And they start jumping into the fire And they don't realize the danger that they are headed towards And they, di- they die eventually, they get burnt when they go into the fire And this man who is standing before the fire He sees all of these insects, moths, etc. jumping into the fire And he's trying his best to stop them He doesn't want them to fall into the fire and get burnt He's trying to stop them but they keep on going into the fire He can't stop them There's too many He cannot prevent it This is my example and your example Rasulullah says There's a big fire waiting There's a huge fire There's Jahannam Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa can see it We can't see it We see only the light like the moths see it And we feel attracted to this fire the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam says ana akhidum anin nar i am holding you back as as hard as i can from the fire of jahannam <laughs> but you keep running into the fire halum anin halum anin nar fataglibuni nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam says he's trying to prevent us from going into the fire but we keep going in and he can't stop everyone this is an example of all of the all of humanity the ummah of Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam his desire his wish was that every single human being would have the hidayah and the guidance of Islam of the Quran of his message but this is not possible and he's trying like that one man standing in a, in front of a huge fire he's trying to prevent all of the flies and bugs and insects falling in but they just keep coming in now nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam has passed away this this responsibility has been passed to us. In Hajjatul Wada' is the last gathering, the main gathering of Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam before he passes away. He makes this statement, بَلِّغُوا aya." Oftentimes we find that I don't know enough to spread the message of deen. I don't have enough knowledge. How can I call someone towards Islam? Look at the words of Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam. He says, "Spread the message from me, even if you know one ayah." We know Suratul Fatiha. At the least, we know Suratul Fatiha. Nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam says, "Walau ayah." If it's one ayah, then spread that message as well. We have to make whatever attempt we can to spread that message. If we're not skilled in da'wah, we're not skilled in you know spreading the message in the tariqah, the method of doing so then at least imbibe that within ourselves. Become a living Qur'an. As Ra- Aisha radiallahu anha said, regarding Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, kana quran His character was the Qur'an. So He didn't have to say anything, but he still would call people towards it. If you just watch him, you would understand the Qur'an. At the least we can do that as well. We can become a source of da'wah by imbibing within ourselves those ayat and ahadith that Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa speak of. This should be our true message. Our, our true mission in life what rasulullah sallallahu wa strove for what he worked so hard for for tirelessly and we know the hadith regarding qiyamah only nabi sallallahu wa will be the one who will make dua for all of humanity all of the other anbiya wa will be fearful of their own mistakes but nabi sallallahu wa will be the one that will call people and he will make dua to allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to start the hisab Also before the the Sirat, when people are crossing the Sirat, this is a bridge over Jahannam. Every single human being will have to cross it. Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam will be the first to cross. And he won't go into Jannah, he'll wait. Instead of going into Jannah, he's crossed the bridge that is over Jahannam. This is probably the most scariest portion of a person's entire existence. Walking over Jahannam on a very small bridge. Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam is the first to pass. Instead of going further, you can see Jannah, he can walk inside, he pauses, he turns around and he starts making dua until everyone passes. He says, Rabbi Sallim Sallim, O oh Allah, give salama and peace to everyone, allow them to cross. And this was the sentiment of all of the Anbiya, alayhi wa wa they had this feeling of, of, they had this wish in their heart. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in Surah Al-Kahf, لَعَلَّكَ بَاخِعُن نَفْسَكَ أَلَّا يَكُونُ مُؤْمِنِينَ Perhaps you'll destroy yourself out of the fear, out of the, the depression that you have when people pass away and they passed away without iman. This is is going to cause you so much grief. It can cause you uh, to destroy yourself. And so Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala gives consolation to Nabi Sallallahu that this is beyond your control. I have willed that they will not have iman. So don't fear over them. But this was the want of Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. He wanted everyone to have guidance. There are many things that we can do to keep this legacy alive. The legacy of Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi wasallam is to spread this message. And there are many benefits also that we will receive if we are successful in doing so. In one hadith, Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi wasallam says, in this hadith, Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi wasallam says, those who will spread the message of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Those who will learn the deen and spread the deen. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala keep them, their faces happy. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala keep them fresh. Those who hear my words and deliver my words as they have heard it. This is a dua from Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa We can still receive the duas of Nabi sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. There's many times when Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa made dua. This dua will... Continue till Yom Al-Qiyamah. This is one of them. If we hear the words of Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, and we deliver those words, we transmit those words as we have heard them, accurately, then inshaAllah Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam says, May Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala keep us healthy, fresh and intelligent. Many scholars say that those who involve themselves in hadith, the shiyukh al-hadith, those who uh, teach hadith continuously, They often reach the age of 90 or maybe even 100 years old, no dementia, no sickness, completely fresh, memory absolutely intact, just as when they were in their 20s. This is the dua of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. I personally have seen many shuyukh, extremely old, still able to read, memorizing ibarat texts from the book, uh, being able to explain, nothing wrong with their memory. This is a dua of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. And Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, not only will he make dua for us. That was in the previous hadith that Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam makes dua for us if we spread the message. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala also makes dua. The angels also make dua. Everything in existence also makes dua. In one hadith Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam says, wa اللَّهَ وَمَلَائِكَتَهُ hatta السَّمَوَاتِ وَالْأَرْضِينَ fi النَّمْلَةَ wa hatta al الْحُوتِ Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala His angels All of the inhabitants of the heavens and the earth Even ants inside the anthill And even fish Will make dua for those people Who spend their energies To you know, disseminate the, the deen of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala so We will be, be protected Not only from any kind of difficulty But not only Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala The angels Everything in existence other than human beings will make du'a for us. And in another hadith Nabi sallallahu alaihi Wasallam says man ala falahu ajri fa'ili. Those who call towards good will have the same reward as those who perform that action. If I say something that is useful to you in any one of my khutbahs or any time I give a bayan or speech and you perform a specific action because you are motivated the reward that you will get will be preserved for you, I will also receive that reward inshaAllah. This is a hadith of Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa Those who point towards goodness and call towards it, if someone is motivated by that action, then that person's action and reward is preserved, and the person who motivated them will get the same reward. Imagine if you can call 100 people with one sentence, one hadith you say, 100 people listen, and 100 people perform that action. By you saying one hadith, you have received the reward of 100 people. And This is a very great ni'mah from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa shares with us. And this deen that we have, this beautiful deen that we have, as I mentioned before, it's a huge ni'mah. To even be part of the, the millah and the, the nation of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Who is the greatest of all creation. Not only the greatest of humanity, but the greatest of all creation. Scholars say Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam is greater than the Arsh of Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala. The Arsh is a creation. And the greatest creation of Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala is Rasulullah. So we are part of that Ummah. And we have been granted that without even asking. Many of us born into Islam. And those of us who found Islam later on were gifted that by Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala. A huge ni'mah. But part of that ni'mah is a responsibility. In one hadith, Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said, الدين This deen, this Islam, this religion that we have is wish, wishing well for others. Is nasiha, is, is purity. The word nasiha in Arabic actually refers to the purity found in honey because it's not mixed with anything else. So when we give nasiha to someone else, we, we commonly translate this as advice. What we're doing is, that advice is coming from a very pure place. No ulterior motive. Nothing else other than, I want good for this person, and I want Allah Subh'anaHu wa Ta-A'la to be happy for me. The Sahaba asked Nabi wa sallam, when he said nasiha. this deen is nasiha. They said, for who? Nasiha for who? Advice for who? Well wishing for who? Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said: "Lillahi wa li kitabihi wa li rasulihi wa li a'immatil wa ammatihim." This deen is nasiha, it is well-wishing for Allah, for his kitab the Quran, for his messenger, for the imams of the Muslims and for the general populace, for every single individual. What does this mean? Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is saying nasiha for Allah. What does that mean? If we take the meaning of nasiha to mean purity, having a pure intention for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This is nasiha for Allah. Reciting the Qur'an, internalizing it, preaching it purely for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Spreading the message of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa And advising the imams of the Muslims and even the general populace, every single individual. This is in the hadith of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa we don't have much time and I want to finish the khutbah, but essentially, what I wanted to speak of was this, this movement of uh, calling people towards Islam. We all have heard of Jama'atul Tabliq, and every time we hear, we, we see the brothers coming, and then the, one of them stands up and they, they start calling us, then some of us will make an excuse, we'll say, Inshallah, and we'll walk out. But this Jama'at, this group, was founded by Maulana Ilyas Khan He was born in 1885 and he passed away in 1944. Around the 1920s, he formulated this, this, this methodology of calling people towards Islam. He saw around himself, he was a great scholar, mashallah, Very uh, spiritual, he was a spiritual leader, he was a great scholar in terms of the Islamic sciences as well. And he was teaching Islam. He was teaching very academic level uh, things regarding Islam. But one time he was in India. He went and he saw certain individuals. He went to there's this place in India. And he saw people there didn't even know La ilaha illallah Muhammadur Rasulullah. They couldn't say the kalima. They were Muslim. These people were Muslim. But they didn't know what La ilaha illallah meant. They couldn't say it properly. And he felt something in his heart. And he said that I am teaching these very in-depth, intricate masail and, and difficult things to understand to my students over, you know, where he was teaching in Saharampur. And these people here, they don't even know what salah is. They don't even know what zakah is. They're Muslim, but they don't know anything about Islam. And there was this huge disparity. You have the educated class who know every single intricate aspect and nitpick every small little word and say that the way you recite what Allah lean is with Allah and not a and all of these intricate masail. And then people over here, they don't know what la ilaha illallah is. And he, it, it struck him in his heart. And so he, he retired, he, he quit from his job. And he actually moved over there to Miwat. And he started spending time with all of these people, trying to bring them slowly, slowly into Islam. Reliving the same things that Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa went through. Reliving Khudilaf, af, bil Forgive them first. Command them towards good. And avoid those who are ignorant. He he went through this. People would spit in his face. People would call him names. People would turn him away. He would go door to door. Spending all of his time calling people towards Islam. This was a great sacrifice that he made. And we can see the fruits of that sacrifice. In the 1920s, he formulated something. He didn't give it a name. He said, then had I given it a name, I would have called it Tahrikat Iman. the, The movement of Iman. Later on people started saying that these are tablighis, these are jamaatul tabligh, people who call people towards Islam. It's a very mubarak group, a a mission that is only for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, calling people towards Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and not wanting any ulterior motive. One of their principles is, the only thing we speak speak about when they, they, they say this, the only thing we speak about is what is above the earth or beneath the earth. We don't speak about anything on the earth itself. No politics, nothing about any individual. We only speak about what happens when you're in the qabr, and what happens when you go to Jannah or Jahannam. And these are, you know, the, the. I wanted to speak a little bit more about them and their principles. And the main reason why is because we find in today's time some people, they they are uh, telling others not to follow al Tabliq. That this is a group that has done bid'ah or an innovation against Islam. And this is not an innovation against Islam. This person who started this movement was a mujaddid. As Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi tells us, every hundred years in this ummah there will be an alim, a great person that will come who will revive something of my sunnah, of my way that has been lost. This was the message of the Sahaba of the Anbiya. Alayhim, it became lost after a while. This man revived it. And he formulated a way that would make it easy for everyone to follow. And in today's time, we find a lot of people saying that this is bid'ah, this is an innovation. And those same individuals are, are calling others to no innovation but to haram itself. They say, do this, is haram. They said, go ahead and do it. They make excuses. And the people who are calling people towards Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and His Rasul, they say it's an innovation and a bid'ah. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to guide us. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to give us tawfiq, to have true understanding. To have the sentiment of the Anbiya alayhimu salatu wasalam, to realize what they did was the reality. This was the essence and the mission of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, to give us the fikr, un- the understanding, the ability to-, to realize something beyond ourselves. A legacy that Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, left behind. And we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to allow us to be part of that legacy as well. Afir and alhamdulillahi we can perform our sunnah salat. Adhan was called